Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Talking Sense, a podcast with me, Dr. Marta. I'm a clinical psychologist trained in family therapy, and every week I answer one of your real life questions, offering you psychological understandings, ideas, and suggestions to guide you. Before we begin, I'd like to offer you a little moment for yourself, because as busy parents and adults that we are, it's sometimes really tricky to just take a pause. And for that reason, today, I'm just gonna ask you to take three deep and slow breaths. Take your time. Really feel the air going into your lungs and fully out. Notice how you breathe it in cold and it comes out warm. And when you're done, we can begin. what to do when a child doesn't want to go to school but when they're there they seem okay let's have a listen hello dr marta i'm hoping you can help me um with a problem i'm facing with my four-year-old boy um he attends preschool and has done so um for over a year now and since returning from the christmas break and on occasion before that, he keeps saying to me every morning that he hates preschool, he doesn't want to go, um, and it results in him either sitting in the corner very unhappy or crying um, and just makes our walk to school and morning not very fun. Um, I've tried to speak to him to, to get to the bottom of it, to see if there is anything deeper going on, if he is experiencing issues there that I'm not aware of, um, but all I can get out of him is that he doesn't like the toys. Um, I've also spoken to his teachers at, at the preschool and they say he's doing fine. And I, I know when I pick him up after school, he he is OK and he says he's had a nice day. Um, I was just looking for some guidance on how I respond to his his kind of comments in the morning saying he doesn't want to go and it, it slows him getting ready and, and just just makes the morning not much fun for either of us. Um, any help would be appreciated. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is a question I get frequently from parents and it often makes me really sad because it's not really our children's fault. I don't believe that it's the children that have a problem. So yes, this is my reframe and this is a little bit of a different perspective, but I'm going to share it here because I do think it's important. Um, I, every time I hear a parent tell me that their child does not want to go into school, that it's, you know, tricky in the mornings, that they're tearful, that they sit in a corner and they're crying, that they're saying, please don't take me, I don't want to go. It always kind of makes me think, what is going on for that child? That going to this place 
is so distressing, is so upsetting, is so negative, it's sad. There's something going on for this child that makes them think and feel like they don't want to leave their home. And for children, home is their safe place. And that is exactly what it should be. But school should also be a safe place. And you know, school is not always fun. There's lots of things that happen at school that are boring or that are not the way children would like. There are a lot more rules at school. The routine is a lot stricter and rigid than it is at home. We often have a lot more flexibility around our kids than a teacher can have with 30 children in a classroom. But also, I do believe that the current school system, and I am talking about the UK here, and I know this will be slightly controversial, so I'm gonna punctuate it by saying that I think education is really important for children, okay? Really important. Um, And I do try my best to support children and their families to access the school curriculum. And yet, I do think that there is something in the educational culture at the moment that doesn't support child development appropriately. It does not. School has become more and more pressured, more and more achievement and outcome based. And that is not to the benefit of our children. It is not, no matter how it's smart they are or how academic they are, all those outcomes and achievement based and rewards that they put into schools, they add pressure. They make children feel stressed very early on in their childhoods in a way that is not developmentally appropriate and that does not support a child's brain to learn in the best possible way. Because when we are learning at our best, it is at a time where we're feeling relaxed. It is at a time where we feel calm. It is at a time where we feel safe. But if what's happening around us is competitive, very achievement and outcome based, then children feel this pressure very early on in their education and in a school-based system that basically blocks their ability to think, to use creativity, which we know pressure completely suppresses creativity. And it stops them from being able to think outside the box and do what I think schools are supposed to be doing, which is develop a kind of appetite for learning, develop a want to interact with knowledge in a way that uses critical thinking, in a way that expands children's brains and children's view and perspective of the world. But when things are really rigid and things are really pressured and stressful, it makes children shrink. And for some children, they still do really well in academic settings like this. Of course that's true, you know, that's why there's lots and lots of children that go into schools and don't have these early morning struggles or don't show school refusal. Of course that is true. And there are children who are more sensitive to these things. And you will see this in their behavior and sometimes in the words that they use. And for me, I am starting on this point because I will talk about things that you can do and I will do my best to support you in thinking about this from a different perspective. But I do want us to think about the fact that it's not our children that are the problem. That when our children are saying something is wrong and I don't wanna go to this place, It's not necessarily because they're lazy. And I would say in my experience, 
it really is not the case that a child is lazy and that's why they don't want to leave the home and go to school. And it isn't because they're trying to get against you in the morning or create a battleground or, you know, slow you down. It's got nothing to do with you and it's not to do with laziness, although sometimes children are incredibly tired in the mornings, especially if they had a bad night or they're feeling a little bit unwell. But what I want you to really focus on here is that when a child has a morning routine similar to this question, where what they're doing is saying from the moment they wake up, I do not want to go to school and they cry and they push back on getting ready. What I really want you to do is to take it really seriously. And like this parent in this question has begun to do, try and understand it. And those are the two points that I'm going to really focus on here. Because a reluctance to go to school can signal a problem. It might be social. It might be emotional. It might be something to do with the learning. It might be something to do with how safe they feel. It might have something to do with anxiety or not wanting to separate from you. There are so many reasons and they are individual and unique to every single child. But it's really important that what you do is slow things down because you need to understand your child so that you can actually actively help them. And some of that help is not just your responsibility. School and teachers have a responsibility to engage our children in making school and this place that we leave them in the responsibility of the care of our child to feel safe and welcoming and okay. Okay enough for children not to be crying in the corner of a room and saying, I don't want to go to school. So yes, there can be a lot of things going on. Sometimes it's more than one thing. Sometimes it's really hard to disentangle it. So I'm going to try and break this down for you just to give you some points of reflection, some things to consider, and maybe focus on how you have these conversations with children so that you can really understand them. And notice that I've said having conversations with children because we're not going to be talking at our child to try and tell them how great school is and why it's so important that they go. We're going to get curious. We're going to try and kind of dive deep into who our child is, what their experience of school is, what is happening that is bringing them down as soon as they wake up on a day that is a school day, because that's the key. And for that, we need to suspend our adult judgment, our adult preconceptions, or our adult pressures of education being key, school being really important, and kind of the fear of what might happen if our child doesn't go to school for a couple of days. These things are really key in order for you to have this conversation. So do spend a few minutes, moments, reflecting on yourself, thinking about what it's like to not tell your child that they have to go to school because they have to, but instead to really sink into understanding with curiosity because you are not your child going into school in the morning. You do not know what they experience in the classroom. And the only way of having a little bit of a felt sense of that is to hear them out. Let's begin by considering the environment that we go into when we meet our child to have this conversation. Because the environment and the setup, it does matter. 
This is not the kind of conversation that is going to work early morning when your child is already crying and protesting and saying, please don't take me to school. This is a kind of conversation that needs to be had after school, okay? In an afternoon, maybe an early evening, and you want to begin it by asking curious questions, okay? It's obviously going to be different for every single child, but what you want to really do is open up this conversation so that you have a sense of what is going on for your child. And I want to give you some ideas because I know that this can feel a little bit abstract and lots of parents say, how do I do this? I always say, go with your child and use the language that they're using and think about it from an objective point of view where you're not talking about how it feels for you in the mornings, but you are noticing, observing what is happening. So it may begin with something like, I've noticed that every morning you wake up and you say to me, I don't want to go to school. I know that that is something that happens every day and I really want to understand it. So I want to make sense of why staying at home is better than going to school. Now that's just an example, but it might be a beginning, okay? It's really important to remember that children don't act out for no reason. So if your child is having a hard time at school, offering up this possibility of, I know some things aren't okay at school and that you want to stay home, helps them feel understood. It might give them a little bit of an in to tell you something and talk about something really difficult. If it doesn't, and some children don't, they'll say, I don't know, I just don't want to go. I would follow that up with something that demonstrates that you're on their side, okay? That you're not going to punish them or tell them off or get really angry or talk about how important it is for you that you really want to understand and make sense of their experience. So it might sound something like, I want to help you with the things that are really difficult. I want to make those things easier for you. I can't help you if I don't understand what is going on. So can we have a think about it together? Is it the teachers? Is it your friends? Is it other kids in the classroom? Is it missing me? It's okay to offer options. Sometimes parents say to me, will this not just be feeding into their answer? Am I not just suggesting to them what is right or what is wrong? And my answer is no. Sometimes as a parent, you have to play detective. And kids are usually pretty good at telling you when something is right and when something is wrong. And also, I want you to hold in mind that you are the expert in your child. You know when your child is saying, yeah, it's that, but it's not that. Like you can see it in them, in the way that they speak, the tone of voice, their facial expression. So just notice how they respond to your suggestions. And they are just suggestions. They're just like, okay, if I think about school, what are some of the areas where I think there might be a conflict or there might be something my child doesn't enjoy? It may just open up a little crack into their ability to talk to you about things that are really tricky to say out loud. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And I am going to use the question for this podcast as an example because I think it's a really lovely example of where a parent has begun to understand what is going on and their child has said, I don't like the toys. Okay, so for me, that's not the end of the conversation. That is a beginning and it's a wonderful start. Your child has begun to say, there's something about the toys in this preschool that I don't like, but do you know what it is? What is it about the toys? And as an adult, you may be kind of assuming that it's something to do with the quality of the toys or the type of toys that are around. But sometimes when children say that they don't like something, like I don't like toys, It might be because they can't play with them all day. They only have certain times in the day that they're allowed to play with them and have kind of free play. It may be because other children get them there first and they grab the toy that they want and therefore they can't play with those toys. It might be because there is a little bit of competitiveness or there's a little bit of mean words between children when they're doing some free play or your child is being left out of some kind of play with the toys. There are so many reasons and it's impossible for me to know which one it is because only your child really knows which one it is. So this is really key because when your child begins to open up, don't stop the conversation. This is the start, okay? You are starting the conversation by saying, I want to understand you. And when your child begins to say something, that's your opening to go deeper, to get more curious, to really understand what is going on. Because it's with that understanding that you can then find a solution. Now I'm gonna talk about a few others because I think this is the kind of thing that parents often ask me about. How do I respond to my child when they say, you know, I don't wanna go? So again, if you understand what the not wanting to go is about. So for example, let's say holding on to this question and example, that it's because this child uh, doesn't like the toys because he never gets to play with the things he wants. Someone always gets there first. If that's what you learn, then in the morning, you can ensure that when your child says, I don't wanna go to school, you name it. You explicitly name the information that you now hold. And you can say something like, I know you don't wanna go to school. I know you've told me it's really hard when you're there. You don't get to play with all the toys that you want. And that's why as soon as you get home, we're gonna get out your favorite toys and we're gonna spend a bit of time together just doing whatever play you want. What toys do you want me to protect and get out this afternoon? Tell me and I'll prepare it. That's not necessarily gonna stop all the tears, okay? But it's going to offer your child that understanding. 
that empathy, that validation, which is what they're really seeking in the mornings. They're saying, do you understand that I don't want to go to school? Why are you pushing me out of the house? Why can't you hear how hard this is for me? And how I want you to show up in the mornings is by saying to your child, I see you. I get why you're finding this so hard. And I'm going to sit with your pain and, and make sure that there's something that you can look forward to when you get home. Now, that's not the only thing that you have to do or can do. There's other things you can do. But if we're talking about the communication and how you talk to your child, there's one idea. Another idea. Let's say your child talks about how tired they are in the morning. If that's the case and you think your child has slept really well, you want to go a little bit deeper and think about what is exhausting your child. School is exhausting, okay? There is a lot of sensory input. There's children, there's no noise, there's visuals, there's things they have to focus on. It's a lot, okay? It is a lot. And if children are really tired in the mornings, is there something happening at school during the day that's taking so much concentration and focus that it's exhausting them to the point of even on a good night's sleep, they wake up tired? And you know, often that's stress or pressure. So you want to dive into that and make sense of that because one of the strategies for this, when they talk to you, is about naming it. It might be about saying, I know that you're really tired. School is so exhausting. You have to pay so much attention and it takes so much out of you. And you know, I'm going to talk to the teachers about this because I think you do really well at school. But what I'm learning from you is that school is so tiring that it's got too much pressure on. So I'm going to talk to your teachers and think about how we let go of a little bit of that pressure. Another really common one um, and one that's come up for my child. So I'm going to bring it here as an example is when children say, children are being mean or the teachers are mean. So when this happens, I really want you to listen to your child. I want them to feel heard and understood. I want you to regulate your emotions because hearing your child say that somebody's mean to them can feel really tough. Okay, really, really tough. But what I want you to do is to really listen to them. Okay, so you want to say to them, what are these children who are mean or the teacher? What is the teacher doing that is really mean? Can you tell me more about it? You're not going to get into trouble for this. And what I want you to do in this conversation is just listen to your child and allow whatever feelings show up to show up and just contain them. It is a lot more about listening and validating than having a quick reaction or response. Because if somebody's being mean to your child, whether it's an adult or an, a peer, it's more important for you to make sense of that information so you can then come up with a plan of action. So in my case, because I've said this has happened to us, my child said that the teacher was really mean. And what she meant by that was that the teacher was quite strict and rigid and there was a very very kind of set up routine in a school which is the way that schools are to be honest i think this teacher was just doing her job just so we're clear but my daughter's perception was that she was a bit mean and also when it came down to it what she was saying was it wasn't so much the routine and the rigidness it was the warmth 
that this teacher approached things with. It was the fact that my daughter didn't feel like this teacher was very smiley or very friendly. And that helped me make sense of my child's experience. It also helped me make a plan so that I could talk to this teacher in a very diplomatic way about the things that help my daughter feel safe in an environment, a new environment where she can feel like the adults around her are safe and likable and friendly. And of course, every individual is unique. So I can't make teachers be smiley and nurturing and friendly. I can't. I haven't got a magic wand for that. But I can have a conversation with an adult that is respectful, that talks about the things that my child needs. And more importantly than that, I can listen to my child and I can offer them something every morning before school that lets her know that I know that when she's in that classroom, she doesn't really like the adults and it's okay. She doesn't have to like them. So we then used to focus on the things she was going to enjoy at school, which are often the playground and her little friends. And she loves socializing and running with them and building with the sand and the play kitchen. So we talked about those things instead. We talked about, here are the things that you will enjoy at school. And I know that there are other things that you don't enjoy. And those things we could talk about every afternoon. And it's what we did. Did it make her experience different? Probably not. What it did do was help her feel able to cope with that experience because she knew there was a safe place where this could be talked about, thought about, understood, validated, empathized. And that's often what kids want. They want to be heard and understood. It's the most powerful thing you can do. And if in your case, it's other peers being mean to your child, I think it's really important that you talk to the adults, the teachers in the classroom, that you have curious conversations about how they can build kindness as part of their classroom motto or atmosphere, how they can ensure that there's more integration between friendships rather than competitiveness or kind of separateness and often teachers are really good with this I would also say bullying can begin in very early years and as difficult as that might be to hear for you as an adult I want you to be able to be assertive about this you are allowed to use that word and say I think my child might be being bullied and being excluded from a friendship group and I want some support with this because it is a school's duty to support you and not belittle the things that your child experiences and has shared with you. So I want to say that because it's important. It's also a conversation I have with lots of parents. And if this applies to you, just remember, you have the right to have a voice. You are the expert in your child. And no matter how old your child is, advocating for them is important. It's your job. And so what do you do? Once you've understood your child, How does this change things? For me, it changes everything. Because as I said before, when children feel heard and understood, it gives them often exactly what they need. A sense of somebody understands, somebody can empathize with my experience. And in the mornings, you make a different plan based on the new knowledge that you have. That as part of the plan should be a little routine that makes sense to you and your child. So For example, with this question, a child who is saying there's something not right with the toys at at the preschool, 
Maybe you ensure that you protect some morning time. Doesn't have to be very long, five, 10 minutes maximum, where they get to play with their favorite toys and maybe with you alongside it. So what they get is a massive dose of connection, okay? For other children, if there's anxiety around and often when there's some type of school refusal or school avoidance, anxiety is there, I would also consider ways of helping your child regulate their body and their nervous system. How do you do that? It can be really simple and easy. You can do a little kitchen disco. You can plan to go to school on a bike or on a scooter or get off the bus a little bit early and go for an extra walk. You want to modify things in a way that works for you. All my suggestions here might not work for your practical circumstances, but really consider that your child may need to move their body to let some of this emotion out before they go to school. And movement is the best way. For other kids, what they might need is a little bit of chill time. So if what's happening is that there's a lot of pressure, it's you know, quite intense in terms of their focus and their concentration. Can you make mornings a time of relaxation, a time of quietness? Is there a way that you can introduce some calming, soothing activities that your child enjoys in the morning? Now, one of those activities might actually be something like having a bath. So rather than having it before bedtime, some children have it in the mornings and it's much better for them. Doesn't work for everybody. For other children, it might be allowing to do something calming, whatever that might look like. Could be drawing, could be reading a book with you, could be a small massage before they get dressed. Really think creatively, obviously also practically about what you can fit in in the morning. But all these little things, they amount to you building a routine that nurtures your child before they go to school. And as part of this routine, I also want you to think about the words that you use with your child. So if you know that they wake up and instinctively will say, I don't wanna go to school, I want you to preempt that. As a parent, I want you to move with the expectation that your child does not wanna go to school. You know that, they know that. So, you know, move with it in the morning. Sometimes when we just accept that this is how our morning's gonna go, it stops us from getting into a battle because rather than confronting, I don't want to go to school with, oh, not again. What you meet it with is, yes, I know. And I can offer you some empathy, some validation, some support for what is happening for you because I now understand. So remember, all those things that you've learned, you want to bring them back up in an empathic and understanding way. You wanna remind your child that you know what's really difficult for them and you're gonna support them through it, either by speaking to adults in the classroom and ensuring some things are changed, or as soon as they get home, by modifying some of the things that you do now so that they feel heard and understood and contained after school. These things are the things that are going to slowly help, hopefully, help your child be able to go to school feeling like somebody's on their side. They're not alone anymore. And I can't promise you that they won't cry in the mornings. I can't promise you that they will say, I can't wait to go to school. That might happen over time. If things change, 
both in terms of their environment, both in terms of how the school approaches it, you know, the support that they get in the classroom for the things that they struggle with or find difficult, and because of the relationship that they're building with you. What I think of in these like tricky moments is that the best outcome possible, genuinely, is that your child builds and grows this kind of relationship of trust with you that they feel so safe in being able to talk to you about these difficult things. And what they learn is, my parent understands me and my parent supports me and they help me through this. That is one of the best outcomes because this is something that you're gonna be growing and developing and nurturing over time in your parenting story with your child. And when you're a parent, you're a parent forever. So if this begins now at preschool, the way I would see it is you're growing your relationship with your child. And that's really key. If a secondary outcome is that your child begins to enjoy school more, enjoy learning, build positive relationships that help them feel safe in a school environment, that's incredible. That's amazing. And that's obviously where we want to get to. But remember, that might take a lot of work. And some of that work is not just your responsibility. Schools have a duty to support our children in feeling safe and engaged in schoolwork, as well as building, caring, nurturing relationships with our children so that when they're in a classroom, what they're doing is being in the best possible position to learn and grow and develop as not just academic beings, but whole human beings. Because school is not... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Just about academia. It's also about social relationships. And those relationships, they do begin with the teachers. Always remember that children don't refuse to go to school to be difficult. They refuse to go to school because there's something that isn't quite right for them. And it's our job as adults, parents, teachers, guardians, to understand children's experiences and to support them through it, whilst holding in mind that a lot of the educational system is written by adults with adult brains and not fully focused on what children need to develop a good positive learning environment and when we remember that it can help us problem solve differently because we're no longer thinking about being against our child you know in a battle of you have to go to school but more with our child what is going on for you that you don't want to go to school and we're coming to an end I hope that was useful to you thank you for joining me on another talking sense podcast Every week, I like to end on a little mantra to hold you for the rest of the week. Given our conversation today, my mantra for you is, I slow down and I listen. 
Just remember to slow down, not just for your child, but also for you. Listen to your body, listen to your needs. They matter as well. And if you want to learn more on how to support your child, learn skills and move through big feelings such as anxiety and frustration tolerance, have a look at my Confident Parent course. It's available online and it's made of short, snappy videos, just long enough for a cup of tea. So you can sit down and really focus on those areas that are challenging you and come out feeling more empowered and confident to tackle them with your child. I wish you a restful end to your week and I look forward to seeing you next time on Talking Sense. Until then, see you soon.